evening, everyone. Uh, we are being joined by Jeff Towers here momentarily. Uh, we got Greg and Naomi. How you guys been this week? Hey. Na Naomi, how are you feeling from COVID? I know you had it. You had the bed. Um, getting a lot better now. That is excellent news. Um, we do have a video from last week that we skipped over somehow because she sent it uh, during the show, I guess. Federica had a story she wanted to tell. So we will play her video and then we will get it with Jeff Towers. He's waiting patiently backstage, ready to tell stories. Here is a message from Federock. Hi, Mike. Thanks for inviting me on the Pink Sock podcast, but unfortunately I'm still driving and I'm in the traffic of the city. So I want to say hello, everybody. And uh, Happy New Year! Happy 2022! See you on Friday in the trenches with Greg Smith. Mwah! Cheers! That wasn't a story, but thank you, Federica. <laughs> I haven't seen oh, the video. Nice message. Yeah, she said she was in the traffic, so there you go. <laughs> she was in traffic. Traffic's pretty bad there, um, especially towards the uh, Leaning Tower of Pizza. But, <laughs> but, but we have the one, the only. We have Uncle Jeff. We have Jeff Towers. How you doing, brother? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy Hi. New Year. Can you, can uh, you hear Happy me? New Year. You hear me too? Awesome. <laughs> can, can, can I, I finally got, you know, for old people, they have struggle struggles. Back in the day, they used to have struggles with uh, programming the VCR. Uh, this setup is a little bit more complicated than that and i'm i'm probably as old as the person that was like ha ah, can't get it to stop flashing 12 on the vcr <laughs> so uh it's it's it was a challenge this morning but i got it we're here we're good we're alive is the microphone and, is well the mic is the microphone and headset working or is that for looks right now it's it's good i think it's working let's <laughs> we'll find out i it guess we'll find we, out it is what it is so how have you been so far in 2022 uh, it's been uh, pretty busy. Uh, my my day job has me super busy. I, I'm one of the managers at a, uh, a local, uh, uh, well, Western Canadian uh, food chain that does uh, e-commerce delivery. So uh, I have like 60 people under me that I have to make sure that they don't uh, either one, drive off the road or deliver the wrong thing to the wrong person. So it's a lot of work, but it's good. Yeah. So, so when you're not on the road, you're delivering. So sometimes. Well, yeah, well, I, I don't deliver as much as I used to, but uh, some, every once in a while I'm doing that. <laughs> I guess today's episode is brought to you by Celestial Buds. Um, go, go get your uh, buds in Canada. <laughs> do they, do Good they, idea. Since it's legal in Canada, are they selling like THC products? or is it Everything. All CBD? Everything. Edibles, uh, THC stuff, uh, CBD stuff, uh, oils, bath bombs. Did you know that that was a thing? Yeah. I yeah, no. yeah. No. I tried it one time, and I tell you, man, I couldn't get out of the tub. <laughs> I, almost, I almost turned into a prune. I was like, I cannot believe how relaxed I am, and I cannot move. Bro, but anyways, you're not, you're not supposed to oh, eat the soap. Great, no, no. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is Naomi. It's it's great. You should try it out for sure. It's amazing. It's the most <laughs> relaxing it CBD I've ever been. Or something else, because if it's yeah, CBD. All oh, right, that's that's legal. Yeah, C here. CBD, uh, and I think I think you can get ones with THC as well. Uh, oh, that that that, that would that wouldn't be allowed yeah. here. Yeah. With, yeah. With, with CBD soap, um, it really helps with like arthritis pain, broken. Absolutely, skin. yeah. 
It's yeah. a huge medicinal piece. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it is. THC though in soap wouldn't really work because it wouldn't get into the bloodstream. No, but if it's so... in a bath bomb, <laughs> it's like you're you're basically soaking yourself in it. So I mean, yeah. it does does something for sure. For sure. The steam. But enough alone. about that. Enough <laughs> about that. Enough. Freaking degenerates. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. All right, let's jump. We in. got a lot to talk about today. All right, and after we're done with uh, your stories, I think we're me and uh, Greg are going to tell a couple stories from our workplace, and we're just going to yeah, yeah. Ha have fun with this. Uh, we're going to jump in. You sent me pictures, so I'm just going to pop up pictures, and you start talking. Yeah, why don't we do that? Why don't we do that? Okay, so first, before we uh, maybe okay, well, but uh, we'll start here. Well, before we put a picture up, uh, I'll give a backstory here. For about uh, since 2001 to 2014, I ran a uh, music shop in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, uh, in which uh, I sold primarily drums, but I also sold everything else that we sold. So guitars, amps, uh, microphones, uh, headphones, that kind of stuff, recording equipment, everything. So these stories are about that experience. Okay. Okay, now we're ready. Okay, you're ready? Okay, we're ready. Oh, okay, we're going to start here, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> my, my pictures I say are probably out of order. Um, Sorry. You know what? Uh, let's hold off on this one. Skip to the next one. I'll come back to that one. That right there is Gene Simmons. Okay, it apparently is? we're starting. We're starting a little bit into uh, into the flow of the pictures. I don't know what happened, but that's okay. Uh, every year, there's a thing that happens in California in Anaheim called the National Association of Music Merchants, and it's a uh, a trade show, and it's the one of the biggest trade. It's the biggest trade show in North America, and it's the second biggest trade show uh, for music in in the world. Uh, there's one in Germany that's a little bit bigger, but we're talking about uh, not very much bigger. Thousands upon thousands of people show up to do this thing. Anyways, this was uh, a quick picture that I took when I was walking past a reveal of a new guitar. It was actually a bass guitar called the Axe, and this is Gene Simmons, and it was a Gene Simmons Axe guitar. And I just happened to be about 10 feet away, and I took a picture real quick. So uh, that's Gene, Gene so that's Genie. That's Gene Simmons of um, ACDC, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Gene, Gene, Gene Simmons of every money. Oh, what, sorry, what's that? Did he charge you for taking you for taking that picture? Because normally, as you can see, way. we were not making eye contact, so no. <laughs> <laughs> so you mean we might get taken down because Gene wants his money? That yeah. probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Gene, Gene, Gene can smell money, and he if, he if he comes in here, he'll he'll look around and go, "Yeah, there's the, there's nothing here." <laughs> I'm I'm over here like we're getting paid. What the? I'm telling you, I'm telling you. All right, so that next picture there. Okay, I I was really fortunate enough to be in the right place at the right time for a release of an amplifier by Marshall Guitars. And uh, as you can see, uh, it may not be super clear in this moment, but the guy in the back there with the sunglasses is Slash. And the guitar that they were, or the uh, amplifier that they were releasing were, was a uh, signature model of, uh, for Slash. So he walked right by me, said hi too, which was funny. Uh, I've worked for him a, a couple of times, so it was kind of an interesting moment. Uh, and the guy in front of him on that previous picture is Kimo. That's his, uh, that's his bodyguard. So pretty cool. Uh, yeah. 
so that was one thing that happened at also at the at the trade show. That was pretty so, fun. That's not I that's a his picture of, That's a picture that's, of me on a Tuesday. Yes, probably <laughs> with that with a special hat. No, that's slash. That's slash. And I promise you that's slash. You know, it's not Mike. Mike, is that you? <laughs> yeah, that's me. <laughs> yeah, I can see it. Maybe you should do that for Halloween. Next Halloween, you should be slash. Yes. You shave, shave, get some glasses and shave your beard. You could be slash in a heartbeat, man. You just need a hat. Yeah, and get a pen. You'd be fun. I think Slash yeah. should grow his beard out. You know, Slash is probably one of my favorite uh, like rock icons that I've worked for. He's he's one of the nicest dudes I've ever met. Like super, really kind and really appreciative of everything, and uh, no ego, which is you know kind of surprising he's, considering he's, he's like one of the best guitar players ever. He's so. also a fucking vampire he hasn't aged since 94 <laughs> uh, we didn't we didn't talk about uh, that in the uh, the copious yeah. amount of blood that, that was in the backstage that was necessary for his uh, survival but uh not allowed to talk about that no. oh, okay okay so, so on, on to the next picture so this is tony coleman uh again this is at nam uh we were in the kinko's corner uh where we we're firing off some uh promo stuff for uh, a bb king thing coming up that he was doing a memorial for bb king uh tony played with biggie king for like uh, 30 plus years and a uh, hell of a drummer and uh another one of my favorite people in the world so uh it was pretty fun to hang out with him uh we hang we hung out a lot at this this would have been 2020s nam the last nam before mm -hmm. all this crazy shit happened shit. so yeah pretty neat is there any word on if Nam is coming back anytime soon? They've shifted the date to June, which is, in my opinion, a horrible mistake uh, <laughs> because it's usually in January. In fact, in fact, this week, right now, if Nam was happening, it would probably be happening uh, next weekend. So it's... Right now, for me, this is this is a very emotional uh, month because January always represents Nam to me, and if I don't go, I feel like I'm missing out on a huge thing. Mm -hmm. So, with it being down locked down last year, and they did everything online, and then they also did uh, this year sort of the same, uh, but uh, moving it to June. Uh, I don't think that's a good idea because there's too many kids and too many uh, people, families on holidays at, at Disneyland. And it's in Anaheim right beside Disneyland. And nobody needs to see the carnage that happens at NAM. My <laughs> kids. Like, there's no way kids should be witnessing this absolute braiding of, uh, of people completely uh, obliteratedly out of control. Uh, myself usually included that's like that's like inviting kids to mardi gras what the yeah fuck? exactly it's, yeah, yeah. it's like i remember going to vegas one time and i saw i saw a, a young family like pushing a, a stroller and and i was like and it was like freaking almost two o'clock in the morning and i was just like oh my god why would you bring your family to vegas like this is the weirdest thing to see at two o'clock in the morning and it wasn't like they were homeless or anything. They were actually, for sure, tourists. And I guess they just wanted to go on a family vacation. Well, I'll just Vegas. throw the kid in the throw the kid in the the friggin' stroller, and we'll walk around downtown Vegas in the middle of the night because that's safe. See, the, the <laughs> issue with Vegas was it was great at one time, but when it became like a family thing, oh that's yeah, when it, that's when it went downhill. 
Yeah, nobody. Again, that's another place that no nobody needs to see that shit. <laughs> All, right. All right, on to the next. We're moving on. This is Johnny Rab. This is a another like I'm only showing pictures of, of people that I really admire as far as like their playing and their personality and their friendship. So Johnny Rab is definitely high on the on the mm-hmm. roster for that. Johnny uh, invented a stick uh, technique. Uh, there was like a blast beat type thing. But uh, more more currently, he's known as the drummer for Collective Soul. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. So this would have been 2015, I do believe. See, I love talking to you about these people because, like, there's bands that I know members of, but you know, like, everyone. <laughs> yeah. I, well, it, I, I'm open to I'm open to talking to whoever, and it 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 almost it almost like the for a lot of situations. Uh, these guys are on the road and they're, uh, you know, a lot of them are, are, are guys that are like hired gun situations. So nobody really pays any attention to them. They only pay attention to the stars or whatever. And, and quite frankly, I don't give a shit about the stars because, you know, most of them, I just, whatever. I would rather talk to the people that are actually working their asses off, making it happen. So that's how most, that happens. Most people you talk to are like, yeah, I met Willie Nelson. No, this motherfucker down here is like, I met his drummer of 50 some years um yeah as well as well as the artist yeah yeah that's the difference yeah well, I, I think i found the first photo we were supposed to show okay yeah <laughs> so here it is. here's where here's where we are there's a couple pals in here aaron and uh kevin and uh um uh yeah some some good buddies that that we were down at the trade show uh yeah so the nam show and this would have been 2020. Okay, we move on to the next one. Anyone, anyone that's watching this, you got to skip to this part and then watch from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. It's a little out of we, order. We, I thought we, I said we, it right. I, no, I thought I said it right. I don't know. Like I said, I can't program a VCR. You, so. you might have you might have sent them right, but when you load them onto StreamYard, you can load all the images at one time, and they might have been uploaded. Oh, yeah. They might have gone in sequential as to when they were, like, taken maybe i don't know or or by number because they all oh yeah yeah that would have been what happened okay well on to the next one all right back to back to tony coleman now here's a funny story about tony coleman uh we were in the lobby we were hanging out at the marriott uh at at the trade show and uh (laughs) enjoying our 40 dollar two two uh drinks that added up to 40 dollars and all they were were double crowns. It was insane. Anyways, um, the other guy in that picture is uh, Simon Godin from Godin Guitars. And, uh, yeah, he, he's a big blues fan as well. So we had some nice hangouts on that one. Simon's a good buddy of mine. Great Canadian company, Godin Guitars, out of Quebec. So always good to support those, uh, those people. Those local people. Don't yeah, absolutely. Forget, don't forget the local people. <laughs> Next... All oh, right. Oh, yeah. This, cool. is, this like would that. be downstairs. This would be downstairs at the trade show. They they have like a whole section in the basement of the trade show that has like knockoff stuff and like independent small companies. And this company here does weird shaped guitars. This one obviously uh, a throw to uh, Vegas, uh, which uh, was pretty funny. So that's a funny picture of a Vegas guitar. They need to Speaking make a of pink, Vegas. They need to make a pink sock guitar. Let's do this. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta do it. 
be, I don't know what shape it would be. It might be inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> might be. I'm hoping for that. What are you talking about, bro? They they do have they do have like uh like I've seen uh a guitar that was in the shape of a dick with balls. That was I've weird. I've seen that. I've seen that. Yeah, all. that's weird. Wait, 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 you're guitars. Were you at a Steel Panther concert? <laughs> you know what? At the trade show, there's these parties, okay? At these parties, they have big bands. And uh, I'll get into one particular thing once the picture comes up. But uh, they have these big bands playing in these small parties. And it's usually free drinks because uh, it's like a corporate a corporate party uh, for whatever brand is doing the 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 party. So I've been to lots from uh, Electro Voice Microphones. Usually has a really big one. Uh, Gibson has a really big one. Uh, Marshall usually is tagged with the Gibson one. Obviously, makes sense. Uh, ESP Guitars usually has one, and they do it with coffin case. And usually that's uh, with a fashion show with the uh, kind of alt alt uh, alt models and whatnot, tattoos and piercings and usually there's like uh that kind of thing at one of those shows alice cooper played and a friend of mine that i was down there with won a guitar from esp it was pretty crazy yeah that was a pretty good night yeah wasn't it the uh guitarist of uh spinal tap that had that guitar that looked like two women's legs Oh, maybe yeah that sounds sounds like spinal tap or was that tenacious d Oh, who knows? Uh, Those are pretty much the same thing, only a modern version. <laughs> true, true. Yeah. Okay, so here, here we are at uh, the Godan booth once again. This is the crew that we usually go down with, and uh, in that in that time period in life when we were all working at the shop, and uh, yeah, of course, standing outside the Siegel booth, which is uh, part of Godan. So yeah. Go on to the next one. Do you think James Blunt is famous because of his last name? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of like like Kevin Bacon. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. Yeah, Bacon's pretty famous. Yeah. There you go. There's one for Mike. Yeah, that's a cool (laughs) bitch. Fucking gore. (laughs) Yeah, this was this was pretty funny. I'm like, hey, you want to pose for a picture with me? And he was like, sure. And then he choked me, and I was like, oh, okay. This is how it's going. (laughs) You 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 had a new kink unlocked. You like being choked by gore. Yeah, no, (laughs) I will never ever admit to that. (laughs) Which member is that one? That that would be the bass player. I can't remember his name. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I was supposed to work for Guar back in December and I turned it down. I was just, uh, COVID's got me a little bit kind of spooked on things. So I, I, uh, I, I turned down that opportunity and that I should have taken it, but at the same time, you know, other things will come up. Uh, but yeah, I was supposed to work for them in December. Yeah. COVID's, COVID's no fun. I had it. Naomi had it. It's no fun. No, <laughs> no, I would imagine not. By the way, to answer your question, Greg, that is Beefcake the Mighty, the bassist of Guar. He's also, I believe the guy under the makeup, if I'm not mistaken, is the fifth member to play Beefcake. And he's also been Beefcake for the last, I think, 15 years. Mm, what um, a name, Beefcake. The, cur- the current singer of Guar, Blothar, actually, he came in to replace Odorous. Yeah. But he's the original beefcake. Well, there you go. So he's see, the- I, I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. I, I just see- knew that that guy was in Guar. And I was like, holy <laughs> shit, that's Guar. 
And then I was like, do I know any songs? I don't know any songs. I'm not even going to pretend like I know any songs. A lot, a, lot, a lot of people know who Guar are, but don't listen to them. That's, that's a lot of people. All they know is they they better wear white. If they wear white yeah. at their concerts, they're covered in blood. That's about all anybody knows about Guar. It's like a, yeah. a weird thing that way. It's a cult thing. It's a cult, a cult, uh, a cult organization for sure. You and they got a great following. And it was you, worldwide. You will get covered in bodily fluid at the yeah. club. I've been to two of their shows, yeah. You'll, you'll end up covered in bodily fluid. Who's this guy? That's well, the, that's the drummer of uh, Iron Maiden. Yes, it is. Yes, or, it is. This is outside that, of the Picey booth. At, or is that uh, Sandra Bullock? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's Nico McBrain. Uh, I worked for him uh, right after this. He came through and it was his birthday and I had to decorate his dressing room for his birthday. This was a pretty big, uh, big moment for me because I, I obviously I'm a very big Iron Maiden fan. Um and uh, having been blessed with the opportunity to work for those guys a couple of times, uh, I'm really uh, I admire them even more because they're they're real dudes and there's no bullshit, there's no ego, and everybody who works for them is treated like they've worked for them for 30 years, and that he's, is a rare thing. He's so, the most underrated drummer. Like he's the best metal drummer in my opinion. He's funny as fuck too. He's a funny <laughs> yeah. dude. Funny, funny guy. Just like and silly, like, kind of goofy Euro guy. <laughs> and if you can hear his double kicks on, on the single kick drum. <laughs> yeah, he's got fast crazy. foot, man. I know, Don't ever know. say he's using double kick, though, because he's not. That's fighting no, words right there. No, no. it's only one pedal. Crazy. Uh, yeah, he makes the single sound like a double for sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, awesome. C Cannibal Wizard saw Guar at Riot Fest. Was that before or after Odorous died? Um, but Iron Maiden, they were the best show I've seen live. Like this down. last tour, especially. Well, yeah. Like, like, yeah, the last tour was amazing. I mean, uh, for those that maybe haven't seen it, you should look up the footage if you can find anything uh, live in from 2019. Uh, they basically tour. they dropped they dropped all the the stops on that tour because it was like the uh it was basically the uh, legacy of the beast is the name of the tour mm -hmm. and uh they had this crazy inflatable uh fighter plane that they dropped out of the sky like mm -hmm. went black and that's how they started it aces high yeah. was the first song and they started it it was like a military setup for the the classic iron maiden stage that hasn't changed in 30 years and yeah. uh, just decorated a little bit different, uh, a little more different motifs. But they went through the legacy of the entire uh, of, of Iron Maiden, basically. And yeah. uh, they dropped like a little fight, like a, a Spitfire airplane pops down. And it's the 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 intro from, uh, I think it's Churchill's speech. Yeah. For World War II. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the whole place mm -hmm. erupts. And then suddenly you see this airplane that's a full size uh, Spitfire being lowered from the the roof like the from the the truss above and it's an inflatable and it doesn't look like it it's a fucking inflatable <laughs> dude i saw them on that tour and it was fucking wild See, it was a, ass... the best the best and the also best. i was amazed because yeah bruce dickinson has done like the original first three albums that he wasn't online but the fact he did blaze bailey era iron maiden 2 
And I don't think he's done that before. This no. tour. And I'm like, yeah. they did they did ever, at least one song from every era of Iron Man. Exactly. One Blaze Bailey song back in the uh, Dance with Death tour or something. Yeah, it's been a while though. Yeah. It's been a while since he's done it. Fucking amazing. And, and I'm yeah, like totally amazing show. I was blown away. And they mm. went for what two hours every night? Oh yeah. <laughs> they they have a they have a pretty strict regimen too on on their how their day goes. Basically, uh, at the end of any Iron Maiden show, I'm probably telling too much on this one, but uh, basically they get shuttled directly out. Basically, come right off the stage into a vehicle out. So nobody so, to them or so them or... exactly so we can get them get them to the airport in a very timely fashion. So in each each van, there's a drop bag that has like each person's like uh, change. So they come literally off the stage. They get given a robe. They throw the robe on like a bathrobe. They hop in the uh, in the van, and then they get driven to the airport where they get mm-hmm. on to either their personal jet or a private jet. And uh, I, I had the luxury of being the guy that drove the band to the airport with a, like a, a uh, another van beside us to be like a security van. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, literally had to hand each guy their bag and then they go in they do their change in the bathroom there or something and bring that stage bag back to me and then it gets taken back to the uh wardrobe people and they get thrown into the cleaning for the next show damn dude Uh, and that's that's the story of jesus right there (laughs) the thing that amazes me the thing that amazes me about maiden is they haven't slowed down and they've been at it for so goddamn long i was sitting there watching them and at the very end of the show i'm like this was a two-hour show. Bruce Dickinson had just gotten over throat cancer. He sounds amazing. And he was running all over the stage nonstop for two hours. You know what's really crazy? When I was working at the airport for uh, for WestJet, uh, we had a training video. And it was uh, a, a weight and balance training video on how to load an airplane. And guess who was on the goddamn video? Bruce Dickinson. He, he was a- the guy. Hi, my name is Bruce Dickinson. He didn't say from Iron Maiden, but anybody who is in the class who like knows Iron Maiden, I just remember laughing so hard. I was like, what the fuck? Where the hell am I? And it's like, yeah, Bruce Dickinson going through the reasons for weight and balance on an aircraft. That guy is fucking brilliant. I he's a brilliant. I didn't know that he did videos like that, but I did know he's a licensed pilot. Hundred percent. Yeah. Hundred percent. He flies Iron Maiden on tour. He does. He doesn't. He does. He does. They don't need to. Why would they? And also, (laughs) isn't he like a uh, professional fencer? He's. That's why he can run around and 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 fight fight Eddie with the sword. Come on, of course. I saw saw this big (laughs) list of everything he's accomplished in his life. I'm like, dude, how do you have the time? Touring that much. I have so much respect for that guy. I have so much respect for that guy. Right. Isn't he like isn't he like a black belt in some type of uh probably I could I could see him being a jujitsu guy for sure. Yeah, like he his, is he's just a, a really ready to go, like on 10 all the time, and super friendly, super nice, and very polite. Very polite and very appreciative. And I think that's what what is a huge attribute to to bands that are around for a long period of time like this is they're nice if you're a dick you don't last people know and then people don't want to work for you how's come gene simmons has been around for so long i'm not going to comment on that (laughs) (laughs) let's let's put it this way uh 
I heard it. I, I've heard there was there's a show. Awesome, sorry, sorry. What's that, Gorak? I, I've heard stories that he's a bit of an asshole anyway. So. <laughs> Uh, at this trade show, I'll tell you one story about Gene Simmons. Well, I'll tell you two stories about Gene Simmons, okay? <laughs> there you go. There you go. I, me, and, me and a friend, they go to, go to this trade show. We always had this, like, like ongoing joke of, like, there was two things that we did at the trade show. One was try to take random secret pictures of Gene Simmons without him knowing doing something totally normal. And also... I uh, like this case in point and drinking a doctor. What is it? A diet Coke. Yeah. And, and, and I can't tell if he's looking at me. He might be, but uh, uh, this one, his son was playing on an outdoor stage. So of course he was there. There was tons of people around. They were filming it for that stupid show. He has. So I was like, I'm going to take a picture and get the, get a, like a secret, secret picture of Gene Simmons here. So there's two secret pictures of Gene Simmons. The one not so secret picture that I unfortunately do not have. Cause it was a, before cell phone cameras it, 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 at the trade show in the lobby of the Hilton back in the day. So this would have been like 2001. Okay. 2002, right around there. I think it was like first Nam, And I, I saw Gene Simmons. I was like, Holy shit, Gene Simmons. This is crazy. I got to meet him. So I stupidly went over to him and said, Hey man, can I get a picture with you? And he said, sure. So he stands there. And there was two pictures. One picture, I was uh, like smiling. I'm like, this is amazing. And in between those two pictures, I happened to say, you know, my friend Kevin has this, uh, who I go to Nam all the time with as well, Kevin Parrott. He has a Kiss pinball machine, an original Kiss pinball machine. I'm going to get him put this picture up right beside him. And he goes like this. It doesn't matter. Take the picture. And then I was like... <laughs> what the fuck like totally like Damn. at the time i did not realize how taxing it is to be at nam he this was day two he's probably been harassed by every tom dick and harry about wanting a picture wanting to say hi whatever and by the end of his day he's probably like fuck you guys i'm out i get it yeah. i get it now 100 100 get it so i don't hold any bad feelings about him I, I did ha asked be, be asked to get to work for Kiss one time uh, a couple summers ago in the cult open, and uh, my my appreciation for the cult is is substantially bigger than 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 Kiss. So I wanted to work for the cult. So I I switched to be the PA for for the cult on that day, and it was one of the best days ever. Uh, shout out to uh, John Tempesta, as as some of you may know, John Tempesta was in Ooh, White Zombie. Yeah. Yeah, was, white, was white zombie. White zombie, he also was in Helmet, too. Was he, wasn't he also Rob Zombie's first drum? Yeah, probably, yeah, more than likely. I'm not sure if he played with Rob. Yeah. I do know that he was in Helmet, and I know he was in White Zombie. The guy is a beast. That guy right there is a powerful drummer. Incredible. But anyway, shout out to him. I would, I would love, I would love love to see white zombie get back together but it's never gonna happen i don't know you never know 2020 well, has I, done well, a lot of things to people so you well, never know rob said in an interview that he doesn't think it would be practical because nobody wants to see white zombie in 2020 at the time it was 2020 and he's like nobody wants to see that yeah but then he was saying they were having arguments as well so that kind of well, leads between that point. and the fact between that and the fact that that's his ex-girlfriend's band, <laughs> I don't think Sherry Moon would let that happen. 
I stay out of that. What? The bass player and Rob back in what? Yeah, they, they were boyfriend yeah. and girlfriend for like years. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, they dated man. for years. They broke up and tried to stay a band, and then there was some kind of issues that was never made public, and then they broke up. Yeah. I don't know. That's a lot of personal stuff that I never, I never try to bother myself with because I, I try to respect everybody's personal privacy on that stuff. I mean, being in a band is hard. Being in a band with somebody that you care about and you're involved in a relationship is a fucking nightmare. So yeah, N don't you know. don't fuck where you work. I learned that the hard way once. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a nicer way to put that. Like, don't eat where you shit. Shit where you eat. Shit where you eat. Shit, oh come on, dude! Whenever I whenever I shit, I shit backwards sitting on the toilet. I know you keep sending me that meme, and every time I'm just like, "What the fuck is wrong with this guy?" <laughs> <Is that your story? laughs> well, you have you have that table. You can like have snacks, and you can put your coffee on it. You know what I mean? <laughs> on to the next picture. Right. I worry about you, Mike. I worry about you. All right. So this is going back a couple of years. I think this was like 2004, and this is Jeff from the Used. Yeah, and this is yeah. this, yeah. You guys know the use, they're fucking awesome. Yeah. Uh, the funny thing about this picture is we're in front of the Orange County drums and percussion because, uh, obviously, uh, Brandon, who is now in Rancid, uh, uh, their drummer was uh, one of the drummers there. So we, we were hanging out at the booth, chatting and whatnot. And then, uh, I think it was this, the winter after that, uh, when Taste of Chaos came through Calgary, uh, the U's were headlining, and we spent the day hanging out at the mall. It was great. That's uh, awesome. But, yeah, yeah, it's very cool. So we'll go on to the next one. All right, here we go. Trade show parties. <laughs> uh, the girl in the middle there, the blonde, you probably sort of recognize her, but this is before her band was – yeah, yeah, there you go, in this moment. You see, this, was, this would have been when in this moment was brand new. This was one of their first shows. And it was at the uh, the House of Blues in Anaheim at the time, which was in downtown Disney. The other two people are Sammy Kizilbash and uh, they're the other rep for uh, Mapex for Canada. So uh, this was a, a Canadian hangout. That uh, drink in my hand is not a Coke. It is 100% rye, I'm pretty sure. It was a messy night, as you can tell. I was also not impressed. She kind of had a bit of an attitude, and I was just like, eh, whatever. So this is how that picture happened. <laughs> that's that's uh, she's my future ex-wife. Um, <laughs> she she's, just, she, she's just like that sometimes. She, she <laughs> she's nice. I've worked for her since. She's cool. All right, here's another classic. Okay, so uh, <laughs> Zorro. Zorro. No, that's that's the drummer Zorro. Zorro plays with Lenny Kravitz. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's one of Lenny Kravitz's drummers. This is at the Vic Firth booth, obviously. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you'll notice the, the heavy metal hand comes out a lot in these pictures because that was kind of a thing for a while at the shop. We used to, whenever we dealt with like rock stars, where like the heavy metal hand comes out. That's that's like a, your like signature. That's kind of like Dio had the yeah. Ones. It's <laughs> very much. It's very much a tribute to Dio. Hundred percent. Love that guy. Dude, I have a. Have you met Dio? I have. I've told you this story. You this <laughs> that, is true. that is true. I actually have yes. a friend that also met Dio, and she was very shocked. He was the same size as she is. She's like, what? Tiny dude. <laughs> Tiny dude. But you know what? So polite and so nice and very proper. And, and uh, again, 
going back to the if you're a good guy and you treat everybody nice, chances are, you know, you're going to stick around, have a career. It's crazy because the dude was like so short, but his personality made him seem much bigger than he really was. He was a beautiful. He was a beautiful person for sure. Absolutely I, was. I've heard that. He only said one bad thing about anyone, and that was when he was fired from Black Sabbath when Ozzy took over. He's like, "Why do they keep choosing a fucking drug addict over me?" He said that in an well, interview. And I'm like, then he went after with the guy with. Uh, he said something about uh, the guy that played guitar in the Holy Diver album that went to Death Leopard. Yeah, but but the thing is, having a career that long and you've only said one or two bad things is impressive, especially with how he was treated. The fact that there wasn't any scandals, that's another thing you need to look at, too. Yeah. Because, I mean, there's so many things, there's so many temptations in this this industry that can derail your career completely. But if you you make it through without having any bad, real bad shit come out about you, then you did a really good job because that is a fucking difficult, difficult, difficult thing, man. You know, you know, it was also impressive that never had a scandal. Lemmy. 100%. Lemmy was amazing. The fact Lemmy has had so many sexual partners, did so many drugs, and was always <laughs> professional. You know why? You know why Lemmy got away with all of it? Because he never said he was anything other than what he was. He exactly. never pretended to be something else. He was always 100% Lemmy on, off, anywhere. Doesn't matter. He's he he's he, who is he who he is, and really that in itself needs to be admired. Drugs yeah. that part sucks. Booze that part sucks. Whatever multiple parts. Just sometimes people think that's a bad thing, but I think integrity and and being true to who you are 100% through everything you do in life is way more important. Than, than any other issue that could come up. Well, so, I, heard, yeah. I heard somebody say one time, they're like, what's really impressive is Lemmy and Keith Richards both are notorious for all the drug use and shit, but you've never once seen them have a bad night on stage and you've never once seen them unprofessional. 100%. And, 100%. They, and they were the ones that possibly has a reason to be unprofessional because they're all fucked up. Yeah, yeah. You'd think, you'd think that that would be, yeah, a, a, a certain <laughs> path that would happen for sure. For sure, yeah. but they're they're on God level at this point. Um, yeah. <laughs> legend, legend level, legend. Well, Lemmy did die, so he might be at God level by now. <laughs> he's he's very much still here. He's very much still here. His influence on so many bands and so right. many uh, people, just as on how to how to be a real real dude, is a hundred percent here. It will never go away. He also proved that you can be a bassist in rock and roll and still get some. <laughs> Am I wrong? <laughs> well, if you're going to say that, then Gene Simmons did too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But Gene Simmons was... He just throws money at him. From what I heard from like Ace Fraley and stuff is... Gene Simmons was a very desperate sexual man. He never went for quality other than his wife. <laughs> uh, again. <laughs> there we go. Back into the action. Two people you may recognize. Yeah. Harry. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. Fucking slut. Twisted sister. Yeah. Twisted sister. Oh. And the tag I'm holding is actually JJ French's tag because he took the picture. 
So the other <laughs> guitar player for Twisted Sister. Because I, I hadn't seen I hadn't seen a picture of him in a million years. And then I, I recognized uh, the other guitar player, on uh, which I'm drawing a blank at the moment. He, he has a line of hot sauces. Check it out. Uh, <laughs> um, and I just asked him straight up. I'm like, hey, man, can you take a picture for me? He goes, oh, this is kind of funny. Uh, I'm usually on the other end of the picture. And I'm like, oh, my God, I feel awful. And he goes, just hold on my tag. And uh, it's all good, man. This is a good story for you. And I'm like, fuck, that's funny. And yeah, cool. I, I hadn't worked for Slayer yet at this point. So uh, yeah, this was uh, before before I worked for Slayer. And this is also before uh, Carrie King actually came to the shop and did a signing at our shop. So this was a big moment. Uh, also, coincidentally, Twisted Sister is one of my favorite bands uh, growing up as a kid. Uh, so this was also a big moment for this. Uh, and you'll see some more of that and, and the future pictures on here. I'm never going to let you down, never going to let it down, though, that you're a huge Twisted Sister fan, and so am I. And you're like, hey, J.J. French, can you take a picture of me with another member of Twisted Sister? And I hadn't seen a picture of him. You don't even, like, go and look at him. He looks drastically different. I love the guy. Love the guy. And he, he's doing some good stuff. He has a podcast now as well. And uh, just... From the t from the era that I saw, which would have been like eighty seven, to that was two thousand four. He did cut his naturally. Hair. I'm gonna be like, who the hell is that guy? <laughs> he also got his hair cut. He don't keep it long. Exactly. Anymore. He doesn't look anything <laughs> like he does, and and he was wearing a suit. He was wearing a suit. I thought he was just a guy that was like hanging out at the booth uh, that was a sales guy. Because there's people in suits at this, uh, like people are selling shit at, at these parties all over the place too, that are at, at these booths. So you you see rock stars mingling with people in suits, and you don't know if that's a who that is. Is that the owner of the company or what, or the manager or what, that kind of thing. So it's it's a confusing moment at at Nam for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff Let's move here. on to the next one. <laughs> I'm not gonna. We got a lot to get through, man. <laughs> we gotta pick up this pace. <laughs> All right, at the gates. This is at the ESP uh, booth. This would be the guitar player for at the gates, and he also plays in. Arch uh, yes, there you go, Arch Enemy. Yeah. So yeah. we can skip over that one to the next one. There we go. Yeah, this would have been, been. Yeah, exactly. Lamb of God. Chris is a good buddy. He uh, has been to the shop uh, a few times and did uh, a signing and. Uh, uh, we're both on the Mapex team, so this was a, a nice little Mapex hangout. Uh, we can go over to the next one. Nice dude, too. Yeah, he's ha. a fucking legend, too. Back to the parties. <laughs> okay, <laughs> the guy in the middle is Steve Klotz. Steve Klotz was uh, the shop manager at Axe for a long time, and now he's the rep for uh, Sure Microphones and works for SF Marketing. And uh, the guy with the tongue, that would be Dan from Death by Stereo. And this was me introducing Dan to Steve at a Schechter guitar party, the look on Steve's face is absolutely pure gold. You guys are looking at him like he just had his first edible, and you're like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was, it, was, it, was, it was a pretty classic moment. This is, this, is, this is a picture that I send to Steve every time it's his birthday. I send it to him, and I'm like, remember this moment? Yeah. <laughs> But he's the guy that 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 uh, first took a chance on me to uh, to be a sales guy at Axe uh, back in 2001. I was I was super green, never had a sales job before. He knew I was a drummer, 
He knew I was very invested in the knowledge of the, of the craft and the, and the gear. And he took a chance on me. So I, I have a lot of respect and, and love for that man. So, yeah. Steve Klotz. I'm glad yeah. he took a chance on you because if he didn't, you probably wouldn't be talking right now. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Will Adler, the other Adler. And that would have been at uh, the uh, ESP booth as well, hanging out. Uh, basically, these booths, they have like a table full of uh, people that are there doing signings. And because we were like the number one ESP dealer in the world, uh, we get invited to these parties and stuff. And uh, this was uh, during a signing. And I just kind of leaned in and was like, hey, Will, it's nice to see you. And, uh, of course, being really good friends with his brother, uh, it was like uh, one of those things. It was like, hey, man, what's going on? That's so did a quick picture. Yeah. Is that Ozzy Osbourne in the background? What the hell? Uh, probably <laughs> not. Pretty sure Ozzy wouldn't go to the NAMM show. That would drive him nuts. It's too big and... And I don't, I don't even know how to describe how big it is. It's uh, the size of the – it's the convention center at Anaheim. So if you have a chance to Google the convention center at Anaheim, four floors of musical gear, and we're talking every single brand of every single type of musical gear in the world shows at this trade show. So it's the biggest, and it is it is overwhelming. The first time you go, you're just like – the first day, you're just like, oh, my God, I, I don't even know what to say. Like you – and, and you're there for basically Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. There's a, uh, a Sunday as well, but a lot of people ditch on Saturday. They, they go Saturday and then fly out on Sunday. So they're back to work on Monday. Uh, but yeah, generally it's, it's, it's incredible. Thousands and thousands of people at this thing. So the least so cluttered we'll, we'll, day to go would be Sunday. Yeah, but a lot of people have left, so you won't see many of the stars. The biggest day for, for NAM is usually Saturday, and it's usually that's when it's uh, semi-open to the public. Uh, and it, we're talking like it's hard to get a pass to get in. Usually it has, you have to be industry, either a musician, uh, through a brand, or uh, be a dealer or a seller. So uh, it is pretty locked down for the most part, but on Saturdays in the previous history, they would have like a public day. So when you say dealer or seller, <laughs> so a dealer, a dealer would be somebody like a, uh, like a brand. Okay. So like Marshall is a dealer, that kind of thing. So people that make the gear like Ampeg would have a booth. That would be a dealer. A seller would be a guy in a shop who has a shop that sells Ampeg that sells Marshall that, that, and that why not. And there's also distribution in Canada too, which is like a middleman between the dealer and the seller. In, in my brain, I knew what you meant, but the other half of my brain's like, it is rock and roll, so there might be dealers and sellers. There. Uh, probably. There probably <laughs> is. There probably is. Yeah. All right. On to the next one, because we, we have discussed this one before. Yes. <laughs> Again, hanging out at the uh, <laughs> coffin case. Now, I have a long history with coffin case. Like, way back in uh, 2002, I went to the trade show. And I met uh, a buddy uh, that was was starting out with this new company that, that was called Coffin Case. And I was really drawn to it because I was like, hey, it's a coffin-shaped guitar case. This totally makes sense. And uh, he was downstairs in the uh, the kind of experimental, small, like independent kind of thing. Uh, it didn't have any artists on his roster. didn't have the Coffin Case girls, which are the ones that would basically be uh, like the alternative models that do the, the showcase for the... Uh, the party and whatnot uh so it was like a brand new company so at this this one obviously doyle from the misfits mm -hmm. that's his daughter on the right there and, and the john guy five. john five beside <laughs> her yeah 
this this was this is pretty funny. Like Doyle brought his daughter, who was I think about four or five at the time, to to the signing. It was pretty funny. She's like the only kid in the entire place. <laughs> she, she looks really excited to uh, meet John Five. Um. <laughs> yeah, she's just kind of like standing there. I don't I don't know what's going on here. I'm hanging out with Dad at work. <laughs> I gotta say though, John Five is probably the nicest human being I've ever. He's super seen. cool. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> he is. Absolutely. And then we have well, the other. We have the other. Of course, there. yes. <laughs> now this is at the Schechter Guitar Booth. We just happened to be walking by, and there's Jerry Only. So, I, I once met, again, I'm a big fan of that. I, I met Jerry Only briefly. I worked at Taco Bell. And, <laughs> and and the misfits. I, I worked at Taco Bell and I met Jerry only. <laughs> yeah, the misfits had like had like a van and they drove it through the drive-thru and ordered <clears> like a 12 pack of tacos. And Jerry only's like, you might have heard of our band. Here's our latest EP. And like handed it to the cashier. <laughs> and I'm like, That's I'm funny. And I'm like, and I hand him the food and he's like, hey, you should listen to our music. I'm like, you're Jerry only. I've already heard your music. Classic, <laughs> classic, classic Jerry. I mean, that that guy's that guy's on promotion 100% of the time. I mean, that guy has built an empire. He's built an empire. For real. Built an he, empire. And it's he, respectable. He is the Gene Simmons of punk rock. He, he is <laughs> fully. He's fully the Gene Simmons of punk rock. I love that guy. All right, this is at the Orange County booth, uh, I think in 2005. So this is Travis Barker's actual kit. Uh, oh, nice. And, yeah, it was the uh, the militia kit. So uh, the pattern on it is all, like, uh, militia-style uh, arms, so guns and stuff. And, yeah, so Travis that would be. Travis Barker is, like, one of the best drummers I've probably seen live when it comes to, like, presentation. <clears throat> yeah, he's a show guy for sure. For he's, sure. Like, he's like Tommy Lee on crack. Yeah, definitely a lot of Tommy Lee there. Probably yeah. one of the most influential drummers for new drummers currently, I would say. There's a yeah. lot of people yeah. you see play, and it's like it's an obvious nod or whatever, or copycat or of, of, of Travis. He's a super nice guy, too. Like uh, Back uh, in the late 90s, I was in a band called Hiatus, and uh, we had a, a soft deal with Stars and Straps, which is uh, their his clothing line. So that would have been like a little bit into Blink-182 era. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, Blink, the thing about Travis, and it's kind of very similar to Tommy, is is he not only was in Blink, which was a pop-punk band, but he's played for rap artists. He's played for like everybody. Everybody. Yeah, everybody. <laughs> he's very diverse. He's diverse, but he brings his own flavor to everything. Like, you know it's Travis Barker, and that's the goal as a drummer is you want to – have your own noticeable style when you're playing so people can recognize it without even knowing you're on the record, but they hear the way you play or the tone or uh, that one signature fill that you have or multiple signature fills. And it's, if it's identical, that, that if it's identi identifiable, that is like the biggest compliment you can tell somebody is I knew it was you before I looked at the liner notes. Yeah. And no offense to the original guy, but you know you're a great drummer when people forget that Blink-182 had an original drummer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, feel bad for the guy. I feel bad for the original drummer, but at the same time, Travis you know, Barker that's is Blink-182. Like, people, <laughs> people's paths are people's paths. I mean, you can't really yeah. help how you're going to. Well, that, roll that's out. like the original drummer of the Beatles said he's better off not being in the Beatles. He said that in an interview. He's like, I wouldn't have met my wife if it wasn't for that. Like, there you go. See a different <laughs> path, different path. <laughs> 
I think we got a couple more here. <laughs> Here's yeah, another yeah. random party pattern. This is this would be a normal. Uh, this is basically uh, a POV picture of of what it's like at a party uh, uh, for Nam right there. So we can skip over that one. <laughs> I, no, I think I think I think there's a better picture for that. I think this is. Okay. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. This this was a pretty pretty. Pretty good one. I took this one for my daughter at the time. So uh, and I came back and guess where daddy was? And she was like two. And she was like, ah, she knew exactly what was going on. It was pretty awesome. I, I, love how, I love how you did the metal hand for when you met Elmo and Cookie Monster. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> hell yeah. <laughs> So at these parties, there's randoms that hang out at these parties. Uh, and the guy in the foreground is uh, the owner of PK Sound. And that guy in the background with the PK shirt on or the hoodie on is uh, the other owner of PK Sound. And that's a, 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 a um, PA company out of Calgary. And they also have a, a shop in uh, San Francisco as well. Uh, guys like Skrillex use this product. And it was invented in Calgary. So we decided that we were going to do a little uh, photo bomb of the guy behind Trevor there in the front, and that's Dr. Phil. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's Dr. Phil. And that's oh, why wow. we did the picture. We were like, Is I think that's Dr. Phil behind, behind he goes, He goes, he goes Let, let's set this up for a PK shot. <laughs> that, that looks, that looks kind of like the guy from uh, Office Space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's that's it's pretty ridiculous, but yeah, Doctor Phil. Yeah. That's <laughs> Marriott Marriott Lounge. Okay, Richie, the guy in the background there that, that's smaller than the angry dude in the front, uh, <laughs> it was on our crew. There, I, I think this is going to be starting off the the flow of Richie. Now, Richie was one of my favorite coworkers at Axe. Uh, he was a guitar salesman, super funny. Uh, dabbled in com comedy for a while as well. Uh, and this was after he was refused service at Subway, and we couldn't figure out why. We were both in line. We were talking. We we're sober and getting getting uh, Subway, and I ordered, and then uh, the lady like skipped over him to the other guy and took his order, and he was like, uh, "What's going on?" So this was him basically yelling at them, saying, "Why won't you serve me?" It was <laughs> it was so fucking stupid. And and Richie had never experienced this before, um, and it was it was disappointing to see. But at the same time, it was really funny his reaction. So I had to take a picture of it. It was bizarre. Uh, there's going to be a couple pictures coming up that that feature Richie uh, at Nam because uh, he was my basically one of my favorite wingmans at Nam. Right, we so we'll about, skip over we have, the pictures. We have about eight or nine more photos, so this might be out of order. But okay, let's see if it's Richie next. The there he is. <laughs> this was at one of the the trade show dinners. Uh, we had convinced this girl that Richie was a huge rock star, and uh, uh, it was like a whole big thing. And it was the reason why we were there is because of Richie. Uh, we were going out for dinner. Uh, yeah, he's, you probably don't know him, but he is a very famous rock star. And this would have been at the Jazz Kitchen in downtown Disney. And the girl's like, can I get a picture with him? And I'm like, yeah, here you go. So that's how that that's happened. Cool. Thank you. And, and the madness continues with Richie. 
Did you think... did you at least like if he's such a big star, didn't she at least ask why she hasn't heard of him? <laughs> no, we didn't we didn't get into that. We we dodged those kind of questions because that's how you do it. So we'll get into the next picture. Is this also him? Is this why you were there? There, there there's Richie again, as, as dressed as Gene Simmons. <laughs> you are a wig. All right. At this at this company. This is this is where the whole the whole concept. Okay, these are different years of NAM. This would have been the one of the first NAMs, okay? We were walking through the Chinese section of like uh, PA equipment and whatnot, and we stopped at this company, and the guy came over and he's like, hey, oh yeah, I like talking to him. And 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 Richie was like confused. This is where we got the idea that when we're at NAM, Richie is a rock star. <laughs> and and because these guys thought Richie was legit a rock star. We didn't try to plant it or anything. This is where it all stemmed from. This right. company. The guy was like 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 you know offering him you know uh praise and whatnot and richie was just so confused he's like i he just kind of looked at him like I, I i think you have the wrong guy but at the same time and i was just like telling him go for it roll with it roll with it and this is uh where it started man richie yeah. is a rock star sounds like a fucking prime the song richie is a rock star <laughs> rich richie's richie's uh uh him and i used to have these pranks that we used to play at 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 the shop uh, it was a hundred percent commission. So in order to, uh, kind of make sure that everybody made, made good money uh, in, in the circle of the people that were the regular people that worked there, we used to have people that would come in and out, they would work there, but wouldn't last long because they just didn't have the, the, the gift of, uh, being able to sell or whatnot. So he, him and I would always look after each other's sales and whatnot. We were like a tag team. Uh, Richie changed his name on his card that he would hand out to people, and he he changed his last name to Mabaza. Mabaza. <laughs> Mabaza Richie. <laughs> My balls are itchy. <laughs> uh, Mabaza itchy. That's fucking hilarious. And and people would call him and ask for Mabaza, and we would page him on the phone, Mabaza. <laughs> he goes. <laughs> He's from Fiji, so he was able to like totally like, you know, it was part of his part of his whole persona. It was the funniest thing ever. Some people were like so confused by it, but the people that got it were, were awesome. We also used to do these things where we would challenge each other to uh, when when you were talking to a person, if the guy was near, you had to use a key phrase. And we were using a point system that if you use the key phrase and somebody heard it, they would hold their hand up like they got the point. You got a point. And, and sometimes you would choose topics like Billy Ocean and you'd have to use a Billy Ocean line like touch my bumper or like uh, that kind of thing or Lionel Richie. Uh, this, this product right here, I'll make you dance on the ceiling. You know, that kind of thing or party all night long. <laughs> Dude, I, and he it was great. Make- he needs to make an album. He needs to become an actual rock star. My balls are itchy. He's an he incredible to... guitar player. He is a really good guitar player. <laughs> he's 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 slowed down his guy. his flow a bit, but because he's now he's now a dad uh, times three, I think now. So, oh wow. Yeah. Here's, a, here's another picture of uh, Richie. Um... <laughs> <laughs> All right, going back to the twisted sister uh, talk here. Uh, this is uh, this would be Animal Mendoza of Twisted Sister. Is my is my mic working? Can you hear it all right? I heard something yeah, crackling. I, I can hear you. 
Okay. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's from the microphone, but I can hear you. So keep going. Yeah, something, something's doing weird in my, my cans here. Anyways, uh, that is Animal Mendoza of Twisted Sister, the bass player. The first time I went to tr to the trade show, Twisted Sister played at an Electro Voice party, and I found out about it about two months before we went, and I was amped. I was so stoked because it was like, dude, Twisted Sister is playing. I've never seen Twisted Sister. I've loved them since 1985. So this was, uh, I think, the year after that, uh, just meeting them at, at randomly at a, like a TC Electronics booth uh, for guitar pedals. So yeah, right. Animal Mendoza. <laughs> he has the most perfect goatee. <laughs> I swear to God, like you have no idea. Like he, it's absolutely manicured. The guy is the most manicured person I've ever seen in my life. Like his ponytail, his his hair is like perfect, pristine. His facial hair looks like it, it's like I don't know. Like it almost looks like he's like a like a movie star kind of thing. Like he almost looks like he's ready to be in, in a movie. Like I, he I picture like, him. He, he should like, be. On, he could have been on the A team. You know, it could be he a looks, wrestler. He, he, he yeah, looks like, yeah, wrestler he looks, or he looks, on the A team for sure. He looks like, <laughs> Steven, he, looks like he, could, he looks like he could be Steven Seagal's stunt double. <laughs> definitely now. Definitely now. Definitely, definitely now. <laughs> for sure. Okay, there's Chris Adler at the shop. So we're getting back into the shop stuff. So this is when he did a signing at the shop. Uh, and I think the next picture is probably going to be uh, from that signing as well. Yeah, there we go. Uh, again, at the shop. Uh, so, yeah, he came. Uh, they were on tour with Metallica, and we brought him to the shop to do, like, a, a signing meet and greet type thing. And we had about 100 kids uh, that showed up. They were metalheads that, that love Lamb of God. It was pretty awesome. He was super hungover that day, too. Uh, I guess him and Lars went out the night before because uh, it was a two-nighter in Calgary. And uh, I turned down working that show because I wanted to make sure that the uh, meet and greet at the shop was looked after. Mm -hmm. uh, Cause I would do the concerts and I would do the shop at the same time. Like I would do, I would take days off to go do concert work. So uh, this was a, a pretty cool, cool day for sure. Very that cool. Is, that is awesome. Like mm -hmm. I love, And that was love, for Mapex. Yeah. I love Lamb of God. They put on a hell of a show. Right. Absolutely, absolutely. I met I met Chris once at a Negative concert. He's actually really nice. I heard yeah, he's a super good. rad dude, man. He's super friendly yeah, yeah. and and very down to earth and approachable, which yeah. is you know one of the reasons why I I, I admire him and his uh, his playing is off the, off the chain too. Like he's a crazy oh, player, yeah. especially when yeah. he played Negative for a year. Like it yeah. Was, it's fantastic, yeah. Most of the members, like most musicians that are down to earth and nice, are the most talented musicians. Usually, yeah. Usually, usually, usually except for like 1980s and 1990s Dave Mustaine. But that's a that's a story for a different day. <laughs> Hello, me. This is me. Hello, me. Meet the real me. He sounded like Macho Man Randy Savage a little bit. Might have been. <laughs> Okay, this is a this is a very special picture. So I I I am gonna take two guesses on who this is. Who do you think this is? That's Lando from Star Wars. It's very close. <laughs> very close. <laughs> this is this is Indugo Chancellor. Indugo Chancellor played on Thriller. Okay. He's the no. drummer for yeah, he was the drummer on Thriller and he, he was used a lot by Quincy Jones for uh drum tracks and whatnot. Uh and you know the Billy Jean Groove? 
The yeah. reason why Billie Jean is so good and so solid is 90% of it is a drum machine and there's a human factor involved and it's just the hi-hat. The push on the hi-hat is Indugo. That's what oh, he no. did. They were having trouble with it. The, the drum machine was really rigid and, and too choppy. And so Quincy and him were trying to figure out a way to smooth it out. And uh, Indugo just started kind of playing along with it with a hi-hat. And the push with the hi-hat is what makes Billie Jean what it is. That's without amazing. it, it doesn't even sound like Billie Jean. Didn't, I've heard didn't. I've heard tracks without it, and it it was night and day different. Didn't Michael Jackson write a lot of his songs uh, also with beatboxing? Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Like he didn't know how to yeah, play instruments, scatting. so he'd beatbox. Yeah, it's it's called scatting. It's like a, a mm -hmm. jazz a jazz term. And what's incredible is he would do that shit live. Yeah. <laughs> while yep. singing, I'm like, what yeah. the fuck? Yeah, he's pretty crazy. We got we got a couple more, and then I got to tell you a story about. Uh, oh, there we go. More more of Chris Sadler signing at the shop. So this was inside the drum the drum uh, area at the original location for Axe. Uh, so yeah, a lot of drum heads on the on the wall were all signed by uh, rock stars and whatnot that that either used my services or uh, I had an interaction with uh, doing a show and whatnot. So a lot of a lot of history in that room for sure. Damn. That's a lot yep. of blood, sweat, and other bodily fluids in one room. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> the last photo that you have is the first photo we showed. You said to get back to it. So yes. So at the trade show, companies will feature pieces that are archive pieces of gear. Now, this piece right here is uh, synonymous to the grunge rock sound. That mm -hmm. is uh, Kurt Cobain's original guitar amp that he used for, uh, for uh, I think it was Bleach as well as uh, Nevermind. So Damn. that's a piece of that's a huge piece of archivic uh, rock memorabilia, and obviously a Randall. It was on it was featured at the Randall booth. So uh, yeah, that's that's what that's all about. Damn, dude, that is legendary. Yeah. That's fucking epic. Uh, okay, I'm going to tell you one last story because okay. uh, we are we are over the hour. But this this one is this one's the key. Uh, I had customers that used to come in and hang out at the shop a lot, and uh, we build a lot of relationships and whatnot, friendships, and uh, a lot of a lot of it was based on uh, our love for drums. And uh, it, there's a, a definitely different vibe with drummers versus guitar players and whatnot as far as community goes. Uh, so we had a lot of people that would come and hang out at the shop. This one day in particular, I had uh, a customer named uh, Mr. Green come and hang out. And he was uh, he, he, he'd bought about three drum kits from me in previous times. He'd always bring his daughter with him. He'd hang out, play a little bit of drums and, uh, you know, talk, talk shop and whatnot. And we got this phone call that somebody wanted to use the, uh, the shop as a rehearsal spot. Mm -hmm. and uh it was a pretty big name uh and uh at the time the drummer that was playing for him was a guy named john blackwell and i knew that uh mr green's favorite drummer was john blackwell so i knew john blackwell was coming to the shop mm -hmm. and uh he was about to leave and i told him i go dude i can't tell you why but you need to stick around for another 
15, 20 minutes. And we're closing the shop early because we have this thing that we're doing tonight. And uh, so he was hanging out, playing, and in walked John Blackwell into the drum room. And the look on his face was the it was the it was the best gift I think I could have given anybody because I could have just let him go and he would have missed the opportunity to meet one of his idols. So awesome. it was it was amazing. So John Blackwell was playing for Prince. Mm-hmm. And Prince was rehe- rehearsing at Axe. That's fucking awesome. It was it was the most incredible like moment where you know they they had to, they pulled a semi truck up and started loading all his gear in, and then Prince came in to use the PA room as a as a rehearsal space. So and it was like by far one of the coolest like, you know, moments at the shop. And I think this would have been about two thousand two, maybe two thousand three ish, somewhere in there. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, he basically came in, was introduced to me, and then we chose a drum kit for him to use for the rehearsal in the PA room. And then Prince showed up and, uh, basically there was only one or two people allowed in the shop. Everybody else had to leave. And we were all told not to tell anybody this was happening because they didn't want to have any kind of interruption. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was a pretty big moment for sure to have Prince rehearse at, uh, at Axe Music. They say Prince was a very, like, secretive guy to begin with. He was really quiet. Friendly, but that. quiet. Very I've quiet. That. I've mm. heard that. But did you ever watch, like, because th- this is weird, because Prince is quiet and shy, but did you ever watch the Dave Chappelle thing with him and Eddie Murphy? No, no, I didn't see that. Charlie Murphy uh, met Prince, and Prince challenged him to a game of basketball. <laughs> Prince showed up wearing platform shoes and his full body suit and he kicked charlie murphy's ass in basketball wearing platform shoes 100 percent, man prince, prince brought it whenever he did anything in life he brought it man that guy was a machine well and, and charlie murphy was like and it was awful because the next morning he made us pancakes <laughs> 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 and he was like here's your pancakes bitches <laughs> yeah. yeah i can see that i can totally see that yeah prince prince was prince was pretty rad man i i did you ever see the guitar uh when he was uh i think they were doing some kind of thing where it was like a guitar uh feature uh i can't remember if it was a, a hall of fame thing but they had all these famous guitar players play uh-huh. And then like Tom Petty and stuff like that, and all these other famous guitar players played on this thing. I don't remember what it was for, but if you Google it, you should be able to find uh, Ultimate Guitar Thing with uh, with Prince. Prince basically came in and laid waste to everybody. He was incredible, like just shredded the hell out of everybody. Everybody was just standing there going. Like, didn't know what to do because he was like, they weren't expecting it at all. Yeah, you don't expect Prince, a pop singer or a funk singer, to be that good at guitar. <laughs> he, was, he was good at every single instrument he ever played. He's a very he underrated guitar player as well. Very underrated. But a lot of people don't realize that he also was writing music for other people. Yeah. So, like, Shaka Khan, you know that song by Shaka Khan, I Feel For You? Yeah, That's I'll a Prince it. song. Or, uh, uh, nothing compares to you. Yeah, that's that's a Prince song. There's there's several others. Uh, there's a a No Doubt song off of uh, that that 
album that had the red and white writing on it. Mm-hmm. One of the songs on there is a Prince song, and uh, it's obvious as soon as you hear that first note, fuck, that's Prince. Like he had a signature style, and and once you realize what was going on in the flow of things, especially when he sang the songs, mm-hmm. totally different. But when he sang the songs, it was like a hundred percent. This is a Prince song without a doubt. The, but when the, other people did it, sometimes you would hear the traces of Prince in there. It was pretty rad. There was an ongoing joke between a friend of mine and me where if Prince didn't write a song in the 80s, it was David Bowie. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Those yeah. two wrote the 80s, like every song in the yeah. 80s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a big, that, was a big, that was a big thing, man. That was a huge thing. Huge, huge, huge. The... Uh, uh, when when Prince passed away, I was working for Rihanna, mm-hmm. and uh, obviously uh, the 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 band in Rihanna's band were obviously Prince fans, and I remember hearing the news, and I remember you know basically being in the production office, and somebody said, "Oh my God, Prince died," and everybody was just like, "It it changed the dynamic of the day completely." Everybody was bummed. There were several people on that crew that actually had worked for Prince before. So it was it was a really super emotional day. So the band, instead of doing a sound check, they did a rehearsal, and they played uh, they played out uh, the end of uh, uh, Purple Rain, mm-hmm. the big long outro of Purple Rain, was how they ended that night, and they turned all the whole dome purple, That's with cool. all the lighting went purple. Like as soon as Rihanna hit her last note. And she said, she said like a quick blurb about losing Prince, and then the band jumped into this, and it went for twenty minutes, and it was like heart heart moving, man. It was like I will never ever forget that moment. On top of it being the fact that it was the day that Prince died, but it was also the day that I saw a beautiful tribute to him that that only the people in that room probably saw, and I'm sure there's some footage on on. Uh, on uh, YouTube and whatnot. So if you find out the date of, uh, I can't remember the date exactly, but if you Google the date uh, for Rihanna and Calgary, and I'm sure you'll probably find some footage of that, but it was incredible. Heart moving, man. Everybody in the room was in tears. You know who else was a very underrated musician was a uh, Rick James. <laughs> because Rick James. <laughs> Rick James did you ever watch when he was, I think at the BETs, some woman was like, I don't know who that old guy is in the back. And Rick James, <laughs> Rick James came up to an acceptance award, and he's like, and for that bitch that didn't know who I was or thought I was somebody I wasn't, let me remind you, I'm Rick James, bitch. And he walked off, <laughs> and he walked off stage <laughs> with his mustache going. On. <laughs> yeah, well, and it's flow. <laughs> Did you get to meet Rick since you were in the scene around that time? I didn't. Alive? I didn't. I didn't meet Rick, but you know who I did meet, and I ended up working for a couple times with Earth, Earth, Wind, and Fire. <laughs> so it was just like you're hanging out with Rick James because I mean Maurice and all them. Yeah, and that was a pretty pretty trippy day. Like Maurice was like, at the end of the day, he's like, "Thanks for all your help, Jeff. Thank you, thank you so much, man. Thank you." Like super soft spoken dude. But motherfuckers of players, like so good. That band, Earth, Wind, and Fire, were the shit. Yeah. So they still and still are. The remaining members are still playing, but Maurice is gone. So. What's really crazy yeah. back on like Rick James? He wrote his first album entirely all instruments. He wrote all of it. 
Sounds about right. <laughs> and I'm like, and, and if you listen to it, you're like, that's a full band. And no, it's just him. Just <laughs> names, man. It's just yeah. him. Okay, yeah. we got we got a couple stories from Garak and I. Naomi, yeah, hit any, it up. You got any work stories, Naomi? I'll let you guys go first. <laughs> Do you, Naomi? Um, Do you have any work-related stories? I've got some, yeah. Well, <laughs> go ahead. Tell the wildest, the most. You're not allowed. I'm not allowed to say a lot of things, but okay. what I will say was for <laughs> uh, kids every day was a crazy day. <laughs> never, had, never had a day that wasn't crazy. Well, I'll, let, I'll let Greg tell the story then because yeah. he's, he, he's I used to pit. work um, in the emergency as a radiographer, so yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. You see lots of crazy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You, you yeah. find stuff inside of people. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Houston, um, um, radiographers, it was part of their job to um, take x rays to try and help the doctors locate anything inside somebody. Yeah. Oh, you were on a few episodes of Sex Sent Me to the ER, weren't you? <laughs> 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 All right, Greg. I'll that was just again. part of it. There's many other roles <laughs> as well. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Greg, what was the story you wanted to tell since Naomi can't talk about what she's <laughs> inside of people? Well, well, most of it's all kitchen stores because obviously I'm a chef and I work in the hospitality yeah. industry. Um, most of the stories is either uh, in, like injuries, like slicing the top of my knuckle here from a meat slicer. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that story. Um, they they needed like a roast pork cut up, and it was just out of the oven. And I'm like, we need this for service now. And I'm like, shouldn't it, shouldn't you let that cool down? And I'm like, no, we need it now. I'm like, okay. And I was slicing, slicing. My hand slipped, and it snapped. <laughs> yeah. So I, the top, I, gra- I grazed the top, and then like I I wiped it, put tissue paper, sticky taped it, put a glove on, and finished it. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Um, I, I sli- what's that good good i sliced my i sliced my hand open on a can one time so i can relate to that um another one was like maybe four years ago during the busy uh during service um i was just you know doing the bait fries and stuff like that the girl behind me was just doing uh prep for the week and she was um making something in the food processor and I heard this buzzing, this shocking sound. And uh, I was like, something smells good. I turned around, it was her, she got electrocuted. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so I just turned around, like, something smells good. Yeah, it was her that like, got electrocuted. And she was in shock. I'm like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to hell for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> you turn around, you're like, what's for supper? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, any more stories, Greg? Before I jump um, on the one, there's probably heaps. I can't remember all of them. So. <laughs> all right. Once you, when you're in a hospitality for that long, for like 13 years, there's always shit going on in there, man. <laughs> oh, for have, sure, you'd see some crazy stuff for sure. <laughs> I, 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 have yeah. two, I have two stories, both of which happened when I was working at a truck stop, so they are kind of crazy. Um. I was leaving the kitchen one day at the truck stop I was working at at this particular moment in time, and I saw a woman leave the men's bathroom with another guy and the security guard yelling at them. 
Apparently, the woman was a what we call a lot lizard, which is a prostitute. Oh God! <laughs> and she and she was yet she was yelling, "Where's my fucking money?" And the truck driver yelled back, "I didn't finish, so you don't get paid." <laughs> the cops showed up and arrested both of them. And the guy was yelling, he's like, why are you arresting me? I didn't pay. So it's not prostitution. I I I I knew. I knew when you said truck stop, I knew you were gonna tell a story like this. I knew. I knew. I knew. And then I was like, oh God. Oh God. Oh God. Oh God. The next one wasn't something I personally experienced. I was told about it when I arrived at work, but it's so funny I can't share it. Like I can't not share it. Uh so the maintenance guy approached me and so did another maintenance guy, and they told me this amazing story, along with the manager told me later on that day. Okay, this guy went into the truck stop and they they fucking went in and looked at one of the maintenance men and was like i'm gonna hit you in the face and the maintenance guy's like i advise you don't do that and he's like he's like why do you want to hit me in the face and this old guy this guy's he's middle eastern fellow that matters for the end of the story he looks at him and he's like you're looking at my children and he's like there's no kids here and he's like you're all my children and he walked away and the guy's like, that was fucking weird, but okay. He then walked up to another maintenance guy who's like in his like 70s. And he's like, can I hit you in the face? And he's like, what the fuck? Are you on drugs? Because this guy don't give a shit. He looked up and he's like, what are you on drugs? And the guy's like, I want to hit you in the face. And he walked outside. Now, they kicked him out at this point. He goes to his pump, whips out his dick, okay, at the pump. And he starts pounding on his chest that all Middle Easterns are apes. Now, keep in mind, this guy is Muslim. And he's standing there with his dick out, yelling this. Did they call the cops? No, they didn't call the cops. They let this guy get in his truck and take that freak show to the next truck stop. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's awful. <laughs> That's... Wow. I laughed for a solid hour. I'm like... What happened? <laughs> Yikes. Here's a story to tell for the grandkids. <laughs> oh, no, here's a story to tell the grandkids. Um, the funniest reason why I've been fired from a job. Um, <laughs> I can't think of any reason why you'd be fired from a job. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was I was <laughs> I was working at a truck stop one time and we thought it would be funny to see how many hot dogs we could fit in our mouth. Oh um, God. I, I got I got eight hot dogs in my mouth. Uh, and somebody took a photo and apparently that photo was put on the internet six months later. And there was media companies tagged, the corporate offices tagged. <laughs> I was caught, I was caught in the office and they showed me the picture and I'm like, so I get a raise. And they're like, no. I'm like, promotion? Nope. They <laughs> well, fired... You didn't pay for those damn hot dogs. <laughs> the thing is, I'm saying the job I did that would have that would have meant a promotion because it means you could just instantly eat your lunch and carry on working. Yeah, like, yeah. and my my argument was is 
They, they're like, how do we know that you didn't put them back on the roller girl? I'm like, I'm not a psychopath, for one. Um, <laughs> I never even thought about that well, part. I guess, yeah, they couldn't think you were doing that. <laughs> but, but for two, how do they know that's not how I eat my lunch? Like, I got to get it all in there at once and get back to work. I mean, we're busy. <laughs> and my other argument is I told the GM, I'm like, that is only in my mouth. You, you don't know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm a talented guy. <laughs> do you guys have any? Funny I don't even stories? know what to say. I don't even know what do to you say. Guys, do you guys have any stories about how you got fired from a job? I've never been fired from a job. I know we just quit. Been... <laughs> oh, me too. Yeah. Until this point. Me too. Until this point. Yeah, I've never been fired. <laughs> I've been, I've been like maybe warned, and then I'll be like, "Well, fuck you." I walked out. <laughs> Like I've quit jobs, but that's it's hilarious that that's the only job I got fired from. It's a good way to get fired. I'm, I'm blown away. <laughs> I can see why it would happen for sure. I've never been fired from a job, uh, like formally. So, like I I thought like I just thought that they would have given me a promotion, you know, a nice raise. But it, I just surprised me. <laughs> yeah, you put that on the billboard. Like they're so good, you need eight of them. Like yeah, I would have. a special deal, and it's Mike twenty hot dogs in his. <laughs> <laughs> you, buy nine, you buy nine hot dogs. The tenth one's free. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, you get, and you get and you get Mike for twenty minutes. Oh, God. <laughs> were they like regular size hot dogs, or were they like Smokies? Oh no, they were like uh, beef franks. Oh, okay. So like ball, ballpark thing. Ballpark. Yeah, like ball, like ballpark. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and like I had eight of them, and I'm like, maybe there's nine members of corporate. Somebody was left out. I don't know what happened with that. <laughs> but <laughs> what? Before I say something, I know we've said this, but did anyone notice about the workplace? <laughs> yeah. Did you? Did anyone notice that I fucked up the spelling of workplace? Nobody. <laughs> oh no, I didn't even see it. I didn't even that, see it. I, I I thought I was British for a minute. <laughs> Stories from the workplace. <laughs> but, Jeff, That's all right. To, we need to bring you back on again sometime for some other stories or just a bullshit. We're going to probably. Yeah, yeah, totally. This was a lot of fun. I love having you on, brother. And everyone that's listening, thank you for listening. Love you all. And I hope you all had fun. And we should I, take a minute to uh, promote. Uh, I got a chat next Monday. That oh, we yeah. Should promote. oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. As yeah. Well. I totally yeah. forgot about that. Thank you for reminding me. Um, <laughs> let, let me get the picture real quick because you sent me the picture, didn't you? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Um, I have it. Just let me save it here and I will. The put drum it chat the hang on Instagram uh, next Monday uh, at. Uh, Noon uh, Eastern Standard Time with uh, Craig Toots, uh, who is the new uh, Mapex uh, rep for Yorkville, Canada. So it's going to be a lot of fun. We're talking yes. about drums. Mm-hmm. If if you guys want to check it out, go ahead and check that out. That is mon- next Monday. There it is. At noon Eastern Standard Time. It is the same time as Pink Sox. So if you want to watch that live. Go watch it live and then watch the re then watch the rerun. If you want to watch us live, watch us live and then watch their rerun. It works out. <laughs> and is this like a chat hang of everybody but with glasses but you? 
Yeah, some, pretty uh, much. This is a continuation on my uh, attempt to get a drum shell company uh, called Jefferson Eyewear, mm -hmm. who uh, we'll put on the uh, in the links below uh, that make eyeglasses uh, that are made out of drum shells that are recycled. Oh, yeah, nice. yeah. My it. last my last chat, uh, we were we discovered this company and uh, they've reached out and uh, yeah. So we'll be talking eyewear as well. I need glasses. I'm going blind. Oh, nice. <laughs> I've never seen you wear glasses. I don't have any yet. I need some. I don't even know where anything is anymore. <laughs> you can't even. Before we came on the air, Jeff's over here like, I can't hear you. We were going to do the whole show like this. We're going <laughs> to. <laughs> I can't hear you. I can't see you. What's nice. that? What's that? <laughs> it, was, it was nice talking to you, Jeff. Uh, go Absolutely. check out the Drum Talk uh, hang on Instagram next one. Not that. This. The drum <laughs> chat hang. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I won't be able to watch it live. Uh, unless we You'll show be busy, it yes. <laughs> unless I show it live on the show and just have a two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can just pull it up on your Instagram and we'll do like a crossover thing. Maybe yeah. we'll do that. Well, today's episode of Pink Sock. What we're going to do, do is it's going to be me and Grack, like the two old guys on the Muppets, and we're just going to react to the show. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a pink, that's our next episode for Pink Sock Reacts. <laughs> fully 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 but it was nice talking to you jeff i'm sure you have thanks a for having day. me as always it's always no nice problem. to see you guys no problem you're always welcome brother and remember happy new year by the way yeah, happy, happy new year happy Thanks new year for and on the show i don't want to leave this at a bad note but rest in peace to mr saget yes the comedy world's missing a legend and I know I'm going to get shit for that because I guess there's a big controversy. People's making a big deal out of Saget because he made jokes about pedophilia or whatever. But the guy was a legend and he did not do the things that he joked about that we know of. So yeah, I'm leaving it at that. If it changes, then I will have to apologize for this. But, yeah, but, yes. but rest in peace to Mr. Saget. We lost America's creepy uncle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we also we also lost America's grandma. 2022. I'm trading it. I'm trading it in for 1998. Uh, love you guys. Remember, live long, rock hard, and check out Mr. Towers. He is on Instagram. You like how I made you a professional with Mr. Towers? Anyway, <laughs> live long, rock hard. Look at now. Soon he's going to be wearing a suit on the show. Maybe.